samples. That's the only thing that I've had to fuck with is like Steve still being soft. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm ready to record. And I'm also here. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the unique upright worker. Gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Brett, what have you Oh, God. Starting with me. Uh, I've actually been up to quite a bit since we last chatted. Uh, First news out of the gate is I sent in a final, I think it was a three email exchange, full plea bargain, asking the county to push me along. And after all of that, all I got back was a reply email with a screenshot of the guy having signed off on this place being residential. So, two and a half years, we did it. Thanks Yay! for the celebration, fellas. Oh, there it is. Oh, my God. I'm glad you guys are Sorry, it, so it took a second to, to sink in because I was like, wait, no, that, I, no, like, I, I, no, that's not fair. I was already happy in the pre-show. Yeah, I was kind I of waiting for that you never told me. I oh, wasn't mate, that's fucking brilliant, mate. Well done. You've waited a long time for that, and it's well deserved. I Thank I you. wasn't listening in the pre-show because I was sorting out my PC. Uh, yeah, but but that was waiting, big. I was waiting for the piece button. of paper. That's the big piece of paper. That was the big big deal, and it happened right there towards the end of the year. So uh, that all said, I can actually start doing some changes and some buildouts on the property if I want to. Um, I've got a lot of kind of variables up in the air right now, but it's still, it's just super exciting. It means I could put a mailbox out and actually get mail delivered to somewhere that's relatively close. And yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of changes that come out of it that are all good and it's a huge step in the right direction. So hooray, very happy about that. Uh, I have started because of that and the excitement uh, from it, I have started working on a back patio cover thing that I've never done before, but it's, it's like proper framing and cutting birds mouths into woods and things like that. And I have to submit, but it gets to be the first permitted, like I have to submit a permit for it, but it's not going to have the issues that I used to have where I couldn't even submit something like that. So exciting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, I have been working on the sculptural projects in between. I have the whalebone, sculpture uh it's almost finished at this point i'm just taking some time i don't know if you guys do this but like i need to just stop and look at it for a few days and just see what speaks to me because i'm like well i I think it's done but it can't be done there's no way there's no way it's just finished so taking a step back looking at that and then starting on the mammoth tusk to get that cruising along nice um it's all very exciting times. And amidst that, I've watched a couple good movies and uh, been busy on other things that I can't remember. It's been too long. I've <laughs> forgotten everything now. It's just been too long. See, that's why you want to be like me and Al and do nothing interesting for the last month and just uh, have a job where you just work. Whoa there. <laughs> Speedy Steve. Whoa there. Speaking of which, Al, what have you been up to? Um. There may or may not be a new addition to the shack. Um, so Jazz has a, potentially a big sister who's currently on probation. Um, <laughs> Pika is a nine-year-old rescue Pedenco, yes. um, which is a, a Spanish hunting dog, uh, specifically a Pedenco Valencia. 
for mm. those that are interested in the different kinds. Um, she's on she's on probation, Grant. Uh, I was going to say because um, Johnny's dog Billy Bob yes. is Penenko, but um, that's that's quite small. I was going to say yeah because whereas Kiki's yeah. a fucking horse. Yeah, she, but I think they're just basically depending on what they hunt. They're different. Uh, okay, they're, they're like yeah. tailored for different things. Yeah, because she looks um, much bigger. She's she's kind of like a greyhound, but not skinny. She's still pretty skinny. She's skinny, but she's not like well, she, you know. Doesn't look like she's going to snap in the wind. Yeah, she looks like a, a cross between a greyhound and a sled dog. You know, like, those not like real... a husky, but like no, an but like sled. an actual real dog, like um, yeah, like Joe's. Um, she looks. My best description of it is: insert any scene from a film set in the medieval times, and there's a dog sat by a fireplace. So kind of <laughs> like that, that Irish wolfhound, hairy, scruffy, just good dog yeah shape. cartoon she, dog shape she looks like a dog from a wes anderson film there you go she actually really does look like a dog from wes anderson it's <laughs> right? a really good um so yeah she's on probation because she's she has previous filicidal tendencies um mm. and uh it's been going okay who'd have thought that from a hunting dog well no because she only hunts squirrels <laughs> completely fine with anything you can go for a walk and she not, doesn't flinch unless mm. it's a squirrel. Um, so I don't know what kind of, very similar. I, I don't know what kind of paella they have in Valencia, but apparently <laughs> um, squirrels on the menu. Um, yeah, and it's been going okay, although she did bite the cat's head today for no reason at all. So <laughs> she's she's on the naughty step. Um, but fingers crossed, she'll be fine. Brilliant. Um, making wise, I'm in the hunt for a garage space to work on because working on a uneven paved driveway is, is losing its kind of comedy appeal yeah. um, when you try to jack cars up. Uh, and At least it's paved and not gravel. This is true. Um, I mean, at least the gravel you can kind of flatten out. <laughs> um, and it's more the mud b- between the pavings that worries <laughs> me. Um, now I'm getting, like, I've got a couple of cars that I actually potentially have value it's like maybe i yeah. need to take this a bit more seriously and also i'd love to work on a van so i just need some space yeah um so i found a, i found space on facebook it's really nice uh but i think the woman's being messed around be, with people maybe wanting to do slightly legally questionable things there mm, yeah so uh i keep getting kind of shadiness from her but it's like no yeah. i'm legit i just i just want to make a camper van yeah um uh but in terms of work uh, yesterday was our first day in the new office um, mm. after months and months of waiting for Virgin Broadband engineers to t- turn up. Um, Wait, you've gone with Virgin Broadband? Not through choice. Um, it's Virgin, like, business. It's not just like they come with yeah. a fucking one of their boxes and stick it in the corner. But um, it's still going to go down every, like, correct. four uh, days. Well, yeah, if they eventually install it. But they, they did. Uh, but as is tradition, uh, they don't want to pay for any fucking builders or any handyman or tradesmen to do anything. So I've been designated the, you know, fixer of leaky roofs and things like that. So this weekend I was in uh, boxing like things in and hiding basically the holes in the roof that they haven't been able to fix. So we could have a, a kind of like a, an Instagram friendly first day without the fucking the human excrement flooding down the walls. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's been most of my making is just botching holes in a in a nineteen eighties marble office. <laughs> fucking hell! But we're in, and it was a relatively nice day, so it was good nice. to be off fucking Zoom for once and actually yeah. physically in the studio. Yeah, I can imagine that made a big difference. But 
Nice. Oh, that... actually, just while we're on the topic, um, I do need to set up some sort of system to register when people are in and out of the building. Because mm. now we've got like a front door and a back door and we can't really keep track of it. So just for like health and safety, if there's a fire, yeah. I need a log. So instead of having a, a little register, if Can anyone listening, yeah, so we've got key fobs, yeah. but it doesn't register who comes in. It's 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 just linked to the alarm. Um, so I'm wondering if there's just a little dongle or something that you could hook up to a computer USB that people can can boop in and out, and it actually logs as they come in and out. Yeah, so you I, could you could definitely do it like using the key fobs that you've already got. You yeah. could just get a reader. You could probably do it with a fucking Raspberry Pi, and it just send a a thing back to a central send a ping because they're all yeah. they're all unique coding. So you could link yeah. them to it. But I just need to work out. It, how do I do it? Is it an Excel sheet? Is there a database of names that are linked to the numbers? How do I do it? If anyone's got an experience with that, I'm talking to the nerds out there. I'd love your advice and help. Um, yeah. Because otherwise, there's the software you can buy, but it's really expensive and annoying, and I can't be bothered. We did something. And I don't want a physical thing. You can actually yeah, yeah. like in outboards. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> it's like, okay. And yeah, the, the, which are great unless there's more than one entrance and exit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, or yeah. you've got more than the 16 yeah. people that are allocated <laughs> on the in-out board. It's like, oh, yeah. shit. Uh, yeah, we had something similar in... I'm trying to think which office it was in. I think it might have been... The, I just yeah. think a little fucking clipboard with a right. biro no. is a bit 1930s. No. We, we not move on from that. We did it, and it was. It was using the key fobs, yeah. and uh, so you had to ping the thing to open the door and ping the thing to like, yes, in-out. That's exactly thing. what I want. And because it was just right the old And it was great because uh, we had um, a central monitor um and like in the ops thing and it like it had a list of everyone that was yes. in and out and when people left it would say out i want that um, i don't want to pay for it and i want to be able to do it myself yeah we we just coded it with right. i can't remember what the fuck it was uh i'll see if i can remember and i'll let you right. know thanks um that's all right. uh yes on that note what have i been up to you ask well i have been working a lot um yeah like pre christmas it was just work, 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 work. Uh, between Christmas and New Year's, it was work, 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 work. And then, except for like the three days, I think it was that I had off, um, which was really nice because, you know, I got to spend time with my family. Uh, I got to be really ill and not be able to enjoy any of it. Um, made myself a really nice cocktail Christmas Day. Uh, and like, it, to the point where I was at home and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to make this for me. And even like, garnished it properly with some dried hibiscus flowers and it was always good um uh but yeah uh wednesday i think wednesday afternoon of um the week between christmas and new year's uh caro messaged me and was like steve is there any chance you could like come and give me a hand next week and i was like uh that's kind of short notice dude i'll see what i can do um so Spoke to my boss and was like, um, can I have next week off? Because, uh, you know, it's, it's really quiet anyway. And um, the boss kind of, because he knows that essentially it's just a temporary job for me anyway, and I've been working my box off up until Christmas. Um, he, uh, he was kind of like, um, ordinarily no, but I'll see what I can do. Uh, and then the actual owner of the company ended up covering my shifts uh which which was quite nice um so yeah uh new year's day i think it was um flew out to berlin um spent the week 
working with Caro on some set stuff, got absolutely covered in styrofoam. <laughs> uh, and it was great because like Caro was talking about like um using the the knives and um the like reciprocating saw and stuff like this to carve the foam and all this. And I tried using the reciprocating saw and it was just like this is the worst thing ever i can't get my head around how this works so then she just handed me an angle grinder i was like this i know yeah, how to do now this I know. I know how this works yeah uh so that was much better um but create a lot more dust um and i am still finding bits of styrofoam in strange and unusual places <laughs> mm. um, but that was uh that was good um and whilst i was over there uh i had a few like other conversations about things going on um which uh once things are confirmed i can talk about oh, we can't talk here. about them we can't talk no. about okay, classic no. No. i know right uh which is why i said that i've got some stuff that i need to talk to you guys about after we finish recording um but uh the thing that i can talk about is when i got back um i met up with a friend who has a space that i might be able to use uh to do some classes um nice so I'm going to put a post out probably sometime this week. Uh, and if people are interested, basically get them to sign up to a mailing list, which is another reason why I've got to set up an actual website rather than just sending people to thingy. Um, and yeah, like essentially everything that's happened in the last uh, three weeks or so has made me realize that I need to start uh, acting like an actual adult. Um, and I need a website. I need some business cards. I need some stuff like that. Um, and uh, I'm quite looking forward to being able to talk about it all because it's all quite exciting. Um, and sorry, I got really distracted then when Brett did that motion and it completely You know what me. that motion means. I know, but it, that wasn't the segue. <laughs> that, was, that was why I was like, what? Um, uh, but yeah, so I'm going to have to sort all that stuff out. Um, I'm really excited about being able to announce the classes, although because of the way things are going this year and because of timings on stuff, I think the way that I'm going to have to do it is basically not announce the classes until probably six weeks or so before um, they're running. So I'm not going to be booking for like July and August now. It will be um, you know the end of February. I'll start booking for May or something like that. Um, when I've got a bit of a better idea of where I am and everything. Um, that's such a cute dog, man. She's gorgeous. Um, it's really hard to stay on track when you're pointing a camera at a beautiful pooch. Um, but... Um, Let me just your... put my pants back on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you of... meant the dog. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I uh i did because obviously i was um working a lot uh and i've not really been listening to many podcasts or anything um it's mostly been just putting music on just to kind of keep myself going because uh gara and i were both kind of ill <laughs> um when we were uh when i was over there um so we basically just worked and slept the whole time and uh i just needed a bit of music to kind of keep things going the one podcast we did listen to though we had spiffing already yes uh <laughs> the one podcast we did listen to uh was making problems to solve um dave's podcast which had our very own brett mccarthy hey. 
Uh, <laughs> <Cliff> McCarthy. <laughs> I love mispronouncing it. Um, but yeah, and it was like genuinely a really enjoyable chat. Um, it was nice um, hearing Brett's point of view on a few things. Obviously, I disagree with the vast majority of it um, because, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like it, it was, and it was really nice. Um, and it was good to kind of uh, hear you talking about stuff without um, having to actually listen to it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, could, no I, could, I was going right now. I was trying. I was trying to be really nice, and it, I I can't resist the urge to be a dickhead. Um, oh, but one of the, yes. one of the things that um, that you were talking about was uh, like the. Um, where you had to do uh 300 designs of an animal and i think you've talked about it on this podcast before yeah. um but yeah you know it, in your art class you had to do three it's so fucking distracting you know how difficult it is for me to stay on like on track as it is and then you keep putting a dog on the screen this is going to be the worst episode ever um but yeah so you had to pick an animal um and create 300 logo designs for it and then you had to like pick your top 10 and create 30 mm-hmm. out of it or something like that um and whittle it down until you had like something that was really cool and really unique and you were also talking about the fact that you know you've gone from being um like the only art kid in your school to being in a class where everyone is an art kid and um that issue of trying to stand out and <clears throat> it really reminded me of a conversation that i had with um a blacksmith over here called jim horobin who's a fantastic very very well known um and very well respected blacksmith over here um and the conversation basically culminated in him saying that like when he goes to a client with a set of drawings for um like a a gate or railings or whatever he takes one drawing he doesn't give them any options it's just just that that one thing um and he said it because people are, are going to him because they want his designs, not because they want to have a bunch of options. And like the, the way that he talked about, and I'm probably going to loop back to this later in the conversation, but the way he talked about it was really interesting. And mm-hmm. one of the like things that got me thinking is um, the issue of how you, uh, how you present yourself as an individual and how you uh retain your individuality um but without becoming a complete outlier that doesn't retain people's interest um mm-hmm. so you know you don't want to be just the generic blacksmith on youtube but at the same time you don't want to be so far out there that that nobody's watching your stuff or that nobody's mm-hmm. commissioning your stuff or, or whatever um and i just think that was a an interesting thing because like even down to um like going back to the, the business cards thing like you know <laughs> every single blacksmith has a a logo that's and a business card that's just a picture it's of got an anvil in it yeah it's an anvil and a hammer and they're they're called forge or whatever you're on mute by yeah. the way um and talking to you <laughs> I said no if you're john d harvey it's not yeah exactly um and it's that thing of like how you create that individuality without uh but still being obvious as to what you're what you are and 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 how you 
or what your kind of deal is. Um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I can take it first just because you're referencing the conversation that we had. And I, I did chat with Dave a little bit more uh, after we were done recording. Just it feels like a conversation that could really open up for hours and hours, right? It's yeah, it's meant to be a positive uh, like self-critique, right? Or or you're helping be um, that con- constructive criticism that I always talk about, where there's a real talent in being able to be constructive in these conversations rather than condescending. Like even even making the reference that every blacksmith's logo is something with an anvil and a hammer. You're like, I don't want to sound mean to anybody that's gone that direction, but yeah, it's how are you standing out if that is an initial approach an initial impression that you're giving people. Yeah. This is me. This is my logo. You'll remember my brand. Yeah. I say that as someone whose logo is an anvil and a hammer, but yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really difficult because it's such an iconic symbol, right? It's the silhouette of it. Everybody kind of knows what an anvil looks like. So why dodge using something that's that recognizable? And if you start to really mar it up or change the lines on it, or you, you try and like mix it in with something else. Like what if your anvil, Steve was the three X's in the middle of it or something, you know, something where the silhouette was different than the anvil and the three X's, it starts to get garbled up, right? It's not as recognizable anymore. So I understand completely what it means to want to be individualistic and develop your own, iconography your own design your own logo branding whatever as well as push that into your own work i feel like i know enough blacksmiths that know how to make leaves but we all kind of learn the same techniques all the leaves kind of come out the same how do you make a leaf look different than every other blacksmith that's ever made a leaf right if somebody wants an ornate railing or something done with scroll work and leaves and stuff all over it you you're kind of hindered by, I know what you want. I know how to make these things. And there's really only so far that you can push that before it starts to go off. Like you were saying into the realm of, you know, Oh, well it's a leaf, but it's like the concept of a leaf. Yeah. They're like, well, that's not what I wanted. I wanted it to look like a leaf. And now it just looks like, I don't know, something completely different. So yeah. w- with everything that I was talking about with Dave, um, it reminded me of those moments in design and illustration school. And I know I talked about it a little bit on that podcast, but my professors in school were so, um, it was such an important aspect that they tried to impart on us where it's like, look, you can be part of a, a bigger team, right? You can be a chameleon. You can learn all the tips, tricks, and techniques to execute a thing. If you're going to be a graphic designer, within a larger company, they're not necessarily going to want you to stand out and constantly be a pushback for the rest of the team that's just trying to create yeah. around you, right? So if if that's your thing, that you're you're not necessarily going for individuality, but you're a really good working part of a bigger machine, that should be celebrated. And mm. you shouldn't, there should, like, you shouldn't feel bad for just wanting to be a part of a bigger community or a bigger team if you're working for a company whereas what a lot of our maker community people do is like everyone wants to stand out 
But then we see a lot of derivative things because somebody comes up with a cool idea. We see everybody do it. And now you're not that person anymore. You're part of 50 people that do that same kind of thing. You use different colors than some of the other folks do. And I understand how that can be a bit draining on the creativity for feeling like you're not making those strides into individualism. Yeah. I mean, I, I, cause you kind of raise a good point there. Um, and it's, I think it's important as well to, because it, it is, it's a, it's a good thing to be able to be part of a team. Like if that's what you want to do, if you want to be an individual that just does your own thing, then that's fine as well. But also, you know, especially if you're um, working in an industry where you, uh, you have to function as part of a team. It's good to be able to do that as well. Um, and I think like the idea of not being that guy all the time, um, the one that's always pushing back or whatever is, is good. But at the same time, also not being pigeonholed for only doing that one thing. So when you're trying to find your style, because I remember when uh, we were first talking to John about like him wanting to do a logo and, and things like that, he was very, cautious about not wanting to be the tentacle bottle opener guy like he mm-hmm. wanted to be able to do more than just that and it's something that is a, a genuine plagiarism reasons if nothing else yeah like it but it, it's one of those things like you it's very very easy to get stuck being you know the guy that talks to a skull at the beginning of his videos or <laughs> the guy that i don't even know what it is you do um but you know like it, it's really like easy. fairy animals <laughs> yeah it's really easy to get um to get pigeonholed and i think it's it's one thing to have a a style um but i don't think you can like i think it's it's a very very bad idea to rely on a single element of that style um and i think you need to be able to adapt out of that as well and do that regularly even if like every other project has that one thing in um i mean that that in itself is a fucking topic like mm. the amount of conversations i have with especially sort of young designers and they're, and they're talking about oh, i want to get my style i'm, yeah. I'm looking at I'm, it's like what the fuck do you mean you mean you're going to do one type of illustration for the rest of your life what are you yeah. about? Mm-hmm. um but you said something really interesting here that struck a chord with me I want to be an individual that does their own thing. From, from experience, the people that work on their own do the most generic work. Mm. And countless people and countless makers in the community who are doing their own thing is the same as everyone else doing their own thing. Yeah, It's like, I'm a goth. I want to be different. Well, that's funny because you're the same as every other fucking goth I've ever seen. <laughs> so, And the people who are working with others yeah, other ones, you know, look at like the um, made for fun guys. Yeah, the, you know, the, the, that's when you start to have some fucking interesting, unique ideas because you're, you're questioning each other all the time. You're bouncing stuff off each other and you're challenging each other. If you've got the the sort of audacity to think that I can do it on my own and I, and and I'm going to be individual, <laughs> yeah, you 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 you're your own little private echo chamber. Yeah, mm-hmm. on Brett, sorry. I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but this is why I think even if you are self-employed or working on your own stuff on the weekends, if mm. you're if you're kind of a hobbyist maker or you take your creativity outside of your job, right? The people that work the nine to fives and then when they're not at work, they get mm. to be creative. 
one aspect of, of how I can see social media playing to an advantage is bouncing those ideas and treating it more like a team or a group of people that you can have those conversations with, right? I am still convinced that batting above your league or challenging yourself with people that are better than you, hang out with people that are better than you, watch how they do their work. People that you admire and people that you, uh, you really think have developed that individual take on things, or if they have something a bit unique, you are better off looking at their stuff and trying to be friends with them and have those constructive criticism conversations than you would be just finding a bunch of like peers that you all do kind of the same thing. Like Al said, it is an echo chamber at that point. No one's pushing each other to do anything different. And I'm always going to try and look at somebody above me to figure out how they got to their level and then hopefully find my own voice therein. But I need to, I like how they do stuff. Holy crap. I need to challenge myself to be better. I thought I was okay. I need to be better. That's the thing is it's about like, you don't grow in your comfort zone. You have to challenge yourself to be able to grow and to be able to develop. And you have to, um, to challenge yourself to find that style like if you it's one of those things like if if you literally just go like well i'm going to make this one thing i've seen someone else do it and i'm just going to do that one thing and then i'm going to figure out my style from that like no that's not how it works like your style comes from your imperfections your style comes from the things that you that you do that no one else does and generally those Mm -hmm. are because those are wrong like it's yeah it's it's how you use the brush it's how you hold the hammer it's how you strike the steel or carve the wood or whatever it's it's the impressions and marks that are left over after you're finished that are your style more than mm-hmm. like anything else mm. I, th- I think just just going back to the the sort of the individuality thing and the logo thing um turg turgwork sent a funny message that and i hope the person that sent him it isn't listening to this show but i doubt it very much um and it was a graphic designer in audible inverted commas that had offered to design tim some some logo or something yeah and um, tim's logo's fine and great doesn't yeah. need a new logo um and with it with some examples of stuff he'd done for the people and it, and it was that generic it's a woodwork i'm going to put a person's name in front yeah. of a of a table saw blade yeah. yeah yeah um and i mean to an extent, yeah, that is graphic design. You know, you have you have taken some elements and combined them and used software and you know scale and you know, but it's not branding. Like the yeah. purpose, the, the literal purpose of a brand is to point out that it's different than the competition. Yeah. So, like, my cows are better than your cows, or don't steal my cows. Why is one of my cows in your field? Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's why brands were invented, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. If you're if you're making brands that look like all the other brands, it's not a brand. Yeah. Even if and and people often confuse semiotics with category codes. So like beer labels all look the same. Mm. Right? Because people think that's the language of beer. It's like, no, 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 no. That's the common design cues in the category. Yeah. That's not the semiotics of beer. The semiotics of beer is like what it tastes like, what it feels like, what the symbols are that reflect what you experience you know i don't taste gold ovals when i drink <laughs> beer <laughs> it's like that means nothing that's just something that somebody did once in germany yeah and is now all beer looks like that yeah um so the, 
firstly, I've never heard that word before. Semiotics. It's the the the, the language of, of of symbols and how we decode them and what they mean to us. So, like, I think red, the word you're looking for is symbology. No, that's a word that Dan Brown invented. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so when you look at something that's red and how it makes you feel, yeah, yeah. and you understand it, right? Not not to the point of. Yeah, apocalyptism in nature, yeah, yeah. where you you see something that's red and yellow, and you're scared of yeah, it. Yeah, that's subconscious. But how um, how like you le- decode, learned behavior, sort of learned behavior through graphics, through through, yeah. through sort of the understanding of graphic language. Yeah. So, like, I I know that like uh, a triangle in some countries means this yeah. is a warning, yeah. and I'm going to stay away. Or you know, so um, and it's a really useful tool to understand how to communicate things to people like this yeah. is going to be mm, that milkshake looks creamy yeah you know because you've used certain color combinations and certain voluptuous thick typefaces yeah. that make you understand that that is going to be creamy yeah. as opposed to like an energy drink yeah which semiotically you know but it's not that but my point is that like category codes is not the same thing category codes is just everyone else does that so we need to do that yeah yeah, yeah. um which is the danger of not being individual, which yeah. is the point of a brand. Yeah. <laughs> individual. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, again, it comes down to that thing of you've, you've kind of got to use a balance between the, the two to, um, to maintain that instant recognize, recon, recognizability. That's not a mm. word, but being instantly recognizable. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but like, be, like, so people can take one look at it and go, okay, that guy's a blacksmith or that guy works with metal or, you know, works with wood or 3D printing or whatever. Mm. Like it's, it's got to have those, um, key points. No, but, in there. no, but how stupid are you? Like you don't accidentally ring up a blacksmith. Like what, what I want to see when I look at a blacksmith's logo is some of their identity coming through and some of their yeah, personality yeah. and the kind of things they will make and what, you know, not they're a blacksmith. Yeah. Like surely <laughs> that's given away with, the fact that I've contacted them in the first place. Oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I'm looking at them, what they're doing or how many birds yeah, yeah. they've got on the fucking arm or yeah. how big their beard is. But that, that, they, that that's what I mean though. Is like, you know, you've, you've already got that by, you know, the vast majority of blacksmiths, like it's something forge or yeah. JC it, plumbers. And you've made yeah. a, the J and the C out of some pipes. Is yeah. That, I know you're a plumber. You yeah, yeah. Like, fuck, give me a fuck, you know, make, make me understand that you're like, hardworking or loyal or honest or yeah. friendly or cheap you know yeah. they're the, they're the kind of the, the the cues i want from from your personality and your identity yeah because i mean like and I, I appreciate that this is uh in danger of turning into another jeremy ash episode but Drums um, and i want to do another one of those fucking so bad. great it's a bit tim heavy but you know yeah i mean we, he's already been mentioned once um but uh yeah, because at the moment, like one of the things that I was doing today, um, part of the the ongoing stuff that we're doing down here is I am looking at creating a a guild. Um, originally, it was going to be a, a new blacksmith guild, and that's kind of been put on the back burner because um, from what at the same time, I was also going to be setting up a kind of a collective thing. Um, mm-hmm. Initially, the idea was to have it as um, it's just something where we could help each other out. So say there's four markets on, on a particular weekend and, you know, I can only attend one of them, but I know Dandles is going to one and I know, you know, the Atelier guys are going to one and I know someone else is going to one. I'd be like, right, well, actually, 
why don't we all club together? You take some of my stock to those three. I'll take some of your stock to this one. And, you know, each do that and kind of work together. Um, but it's kind of developed into a bit more than just that. And like I was sat, uh, sat at my laptop today just trying to figure out, like, how can I, like, just even what is this called? Like, is it even a guild now or is it going to be a collective or is it going to be a community or is it going to be something else? It's like, how do I name that? How do I make that recognizable? How do I give that a, um, uh, like, a, a, how, how do I get people to instantly, instantly know what it is without saying, you know, Southwest general makers guilds where we help each other out and shit. Like it's, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's got to be something a little bit more interesting than that, um, but still give an idea of, of what it is. So I think like that's partially why this is all kind of at the fore, forefront of my brain, um, mm-hmm. because it is, it's really difficult to do without, let's say, without drifting into those generic things, because like I say, they're, they're there for a reason. And it is, especially as someone that's not a professional, it's really easy to just dip into that and be like oh yeah that that works everyone's doing that therefore i should do that which again mm-hmm. comes into the like being an individual as a maker and i think you guys have both said about it uh earlier like the amount of times that someone comes up with an original idea and then within two weeks everyone's putting out a video doing that same thing because mm-hmm. it's it's on trend it's on brand um and everyone's going oh i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna get a slice of that pie Mm. That reminds me of Al uh, when we were talking when we were talking about certain kinds of projects. I can't remember. I think it was we were bashing on resin a little bit, but it was the you're mistaking uh, process for talent, right? <laughs> Wasn't that the line? So, if you are a person who believes the work that you do is unique and you're offering something different to your clientele or something different to the world at large. The things you make are neat and interesting and unique. Um, You're doing yourself a massive disservice uh, by bending to the, you know, well, my my work will sell itself. I just need to get some branding done or I need to get a logo done or I'll just use my name as, as my brand or whatever. I think you're doing yourself a massive disservice because like Al said, my favorite kind of companies and the, and the, even if they're individuals and not companies, the people that I really like uh, investing in, if I buy products from them are ones who have enough forethought to create as unique of a brand as it is the items that they create. Because I think more people should focus on uh, their outward facing. I keep saying branding how marketable are you, right? If you want to sell stuff and how unique is your marketing versus the things that you specifically create. Um, I think a lot of people put more focus in that and they end up with something generic, logo, business, branding, whatever it is. And I, I don't know if it's the same from you guys or if you've ever paid attention to that, but that has been my takeaway from the last few years is Less less time being thought about how you're actually going to be found, perceived, what your business card look like. Are you thinking about all of those things? Is it like the plumbing company where like, I want to know if you're hardworking. I want to know if you 
source only local materials or whatever. Something in that has to tell me a story of why I should invest in your stuff versus the other person who does relatively the same thing. See, I reckon I've within the the maker community at large, and I'm I'm not going to name names or point fingers or anything, but I'd say I I think it's probably the other way around. Like people that have put loads of thought and effort into being a recognizable brand um and you know having really good thumbnails and being instantly recognizable and then just doing really shit generic yeah. work um that and the thing is is they they do end up getting a shitload of views and likes and clicks and sell a load of stock and and all of that because they're doing stuff that is kind of like it it's basic bitch stuff that will sell and you know that's that's fine if that's what they want to do and i kind of i think a lot of the reason that you see that and you see people that are super creative with what they're making um not put as much effort into their branding and stuff like that is partly uh lack of um like exposure to to that sort of stuff like i'm i consider myself extremely fortunate in the fact that you know i've got my friend john who's a graphic designer and he taught me a lot and speaking to you two every week you know i through osmosis i've picked up a lot of information from you guys um so i have a little bit more uh understanding of it but also i tend to find that the people that are doing like the really cool interesting unique stuff with their actual work it's because that's where the passion is for them. Um, and they're more excited about creating those um, those really interesting um, pieces of work and in working to their style than they are about selling it. Like selling it is almost secondary to them. And it's just, it's a means to an end. It's just, and don't worry, like that, it's obviously a, a sliding scale. And there are people that, are doing like fairly cool unique stuff and they they really want to sell it but they're just not very good at selling it and it's it's a, a combination of like it's it, the traditional thing like creatives tend to be quite bad at business because they don't they don't want to think about that stuff they just want to they don't want to look at analytics and shit like that they just want to go i've made something buy it um yeah i mean it's, it's perfect timing the the um the guys at mighty mighty car mods um yes australian uh, mechanics channel they yesterday just released that it was like a 15 year video you know they've been on youtube since like pretty much the start of youtube yeah um just modifying cars and like the very first episode was filmed on a you know dv8 like you know firewire yeah um not even 16 by 9 not even 720p you know, digital video camera. Yeah. And it was just them on their driveway, like spray painting a fucking Daihatsu or something. And now they're a fully fledged brand company yeah. organization. And it was interesting watching them s- talk about the things that mattered and they, they, they love doing what they do. And it got to the point that they were just going to work to pay for creating YouTube. Yeah. Cause they didn't want, they didn't want ads in the middle of their videos and they didn't want fucking, Squarespace sponsors all the way through their fucking videos. So they just like kept working a, a full-time job and then doing YouTube on the side and paying for the 
you know, paying for the cars, paying for the for yeah. the tools and the equipment and the modifications, um, and then realize that no, actually, we want to do this properly yeah. because we care about it and we want the quality to be better. We want better cameras. We want better kit. Um, they make all their own music. You know, they've got a sound studio next to the garage where they record all the own tunes that they use in the thing, yeah. and it's a really nice balance of playing the game but but not getting sort of consumed by it yeah because it'd be very easy to like you say steve just go oh we're going through the motions here's the fucking uh advert in the middle for yeah. something i don't care about uh and we're just churning out content because that's what the machine wants is content yeah. content algorithm yeah. and they've gone no we're going to keep doing what we've always done and if we do want money from sponsors it's going to be people who we really give a shit about and you know yeah we're using the video yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actual thing. and we we're doing this because we love it yeah and it, it just just even them telling that story and the behind the scenes and everything it was like over this time period as well it wasn't overnight yeah 15 yeah. years of hard work and like jimmy will talk about that it's like people are like, oh jimmy how do you get famous on youtube it's like well <laughs> I've, been, I've been in tv for 30 years yeah exactly <laughs> it's like I think this is where the discussions on integrity and and like what kind of legacy are you trying to pave or or lay down. Um, I think there is a fine line that is hard to it. It's hard to find that line for a lot of people, myself included, where playing the game can help. And if you do have successful things on social media, they can benefit you financially. I don't like to think that money is the the problem solver to everything, but it makes things a lot fucking easier if you have it. And you you have to come to terms with and I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to anybody here, but in the last year, like I I took a big break from socials. I needed to kind of recenter myself and just figure out what the priorities were. My priorities, and this is 100% just on me, I'm not telling anybody else to do it, but my priorities are my creativity and my own happiness. Social media wasn't necessarily making me happy. Mm-hmm. I like the connections that I made there, but it wasn't doing enough for me financially for the work that I felt like I was putting into it, which again, I realized I wasn't playing the game that hard. Yeah. Hashtags and algorithms and stuff. Yeah. So I, I accept the fact that like, I put out cool stuff and you get a bunch of people. Or you're like, you put out weird shit. It's like Steve yeah. was saying at the very beginning, I went off on the fucking rails from the beginning. I was like, I'm going to talk yeah. to skulls and do weird shit. All my videos are going to be dark, yeah. no white walls and anything that I do. You know, it's my thumbnails weren't good. It doesn't matter. It's just what I wanted to make and put out there. And I miss that. I miss just enjoying what I was doing, making the videos, putting them up and having people watch them. What's yeah. this cool thing that I made? I'm, I'm quite proud of this. Also, I put a lot of work into the video edit. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for your 10 to 15 minutes of your life. I appreciate the time that you spent coming here to watch me do dumb shit. And I, that fine line that Al's talking about is I am still on this journey of figuring out where the money makes sense. Like I want to get paid for the work that I do. I don't want to accept raid shadow legend sponsors anymore because I still keep getting them. And I know I did them in the past too, because I was flat fucking broke and needed to pay bills. And they offered a little bit of money to me. So I was like, yeah, okay. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't 
like if I ever do get sponsors, which I, I don't see myself producing enough content to actually do that. But if I get sponsors, I want to care about them. I want there to be a reason to accept that kind of thing. And like, it's because I want to scale the production value. It's because I want to spend more time on this thing. I have no idea. I would like it to pay. I would like the compensation to equalize, you know, yeah. with yeah. the work that I do. And, and for the longest time, it hasn't really felt like that. So that line is hard to find Al. I agree. And, and my, my, my only caveat on that is that everyone's line is different. There isn't exactly. a fucking. There isn't yeah, a fucking line yeah, that, we, that we are all morally fucking aware yeah. of. Your line might be totally different to my line. Might be totally different to Steve's line. So, yeah. so any, you know, we're not preaching about like don't do this, don't do that. And you want to eat? Play yeah. Raid Shadow Legends, Philly Boots. Yeah. And <laughs> that's that's exactly because I I've said several times like if if someone wants to offer me five grand to make a video and do a thirty second ad read for some fucking mobile game that I'm never going to play, I will fucking do that. Like, I I have no qualms selling out for 30 seconds to sell a fucking video game or whatever. Like, I I give a shit. Like, they're, they're going to be paying me enough money that I can then go and do the things that actually matter. Like, I think, and to, to me, that's where it is. That's like, that's the kind of, um, the the payoff is, you know, yeah, it, it might be selling out and, and all of that, but you, I mean, like you look at the way that, um, fucking, uh, Matt and Ilya on the, that works channel the other day, they, I can't remember which video it was that they put out, but they put out a video where Ilya basically started the video off by being like, no, I'm not going to do this. This is fucking stupid. And then they dropped a toy chest full of like fake gold on the anvil in front of him. And he went, okay, we're going to go do it. Like, just fucking be honest about it. like I'm getting paid to do this shit and it allows me to do the stuff that I want to do. Like if that's how you want to do it, that's fine. And like, I am 100% would do that. If I could go and produce content for someone and, you know, get paid a fuckload of money for doing half a dozen videos throughout the year. And then, then that allows me to go off and make the content that I actually want to make, make those really nice looking cinematic videos that I'm really passionate about then fuck yeah i'll do that i don't give a shit like it's it's no different to going to work a nine to five to then support your hobby it's just the fact that the the payout for being a sellout is a lot better (laughs) and um and i think it like like al said that that line is different for everyone like some people will not do that and i have complete respect for that decision like if that's what you want to do fucking great more power to you and at the other end of the spectrum, there are people that will go, I'll do literally anything for a dollar. Like, fuck it. That's what you want to do. Great. Go for it. But, and, but I, th- I, th- I think the, the, the difference is, and the ability to differentiate, is if you're just doing that, yeah, as a means to an end. Yeah. But then still doing what you want. Yes. That's great. If yeah. you're doing it just for that, and the thing that you're doing is irrelevant anymore, that's where it becomes a problem. Yeah. Where you've you've stopped caring about the actual thing that you're doing, yeah. But then and you and you ju- you're just doing it because Raider paying you, <laughs> yeah. But then again, that that just becomes a job. Like you might as well yeah. go go and 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 we we don't go around judging people's jobs. No, you know, don't not knocking an office fucking windows. Going, why are you working a fucking office job, wanker? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, you're not helping. You're not inspiring anyone. Stop doing you, it. You might not do that. 
I do it every Wednesday. Just don't watch that channel anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's easy. exactly. Yeah. And I I have crap. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll jump in then. This is why I bring up integrity or legacy, which I know these are floofier terms. The 200 more... uh, saloon cars <laughs> from the 1980s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about engine sizes now. Um, no, I mean, it. again, it goes back to, it's just my outlook on things. I, I know the opportunities that I've had in the past, and I know I've had some options um, kind of roll through the email box, and I've just outright said no to them. Um, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody at some point was just like, give them a fuck you price then, you know, Steve, like what you're talking about, tell them you'll do it for five grand. Well, they won't because this is all based on numbers and algorithms and things. And if I go, I'm worth this much, they're going to go, no, you're not (laughs) because we have a system that tells us how much you're worth viewership wise. Yeah. And it's far below that. And because that's a game I don't want to play. Oh, like. I'm part of a bigger group. You're looking at me as a number, a barcode within the YouTube system of people that make videos. I, I don't want to be rolled into that just because of, I'm posting a video. I want to be looked at as the project I've created and the work that I've put into it. The issue is going back to the game. That's not how they look at it. Those just aren't the rules to that game. So I'm trying to put pl- what I'm going to tell them to change the rules. I can't do that. That's not how that shit works. I don't get yeah. to walk in and go, well, actually, uh, Snowflake over here needs needs a different set of rules <laughs> where I can feel compensated because I work harder than they do. That's not fucking true at all. But I, mean, I joke, want to... That, 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 that was fundamentally the point of YouTube when it started. It was yeah. for you to create your own television channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then the second AdSense came into it, it was a totally different story. Yeah. yeah. And I want I want to be able to I want to be able to do the work that I've built myself up to do, right? I have a lot going on ahead of me right now. Yeah, put blinkers on. Blinders. No, he was taking the piss out of my hat. Don't worry. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, I I have a lot ahead of me right now, and I'm really excited by all of these projects. And half the stuff I'm either not filming or not even considering doing a video on because that's just when it goes back to integrity and and legacy and and my happiness and all of these bigger, grander scheme things. That's not a part of the. the, It's not a requirement anymore. I don't feel like I have to do those things and produce content because that's not the game that I'm playing. It's not the game I want to play. I want to keep sharing. I want to play Raid Shadow Legends. Raid, this episode is brought to you by Raid. You get some gold. Also, just for anybody that doesn't know how this whole thing works with these guys, I'm just going to give a little inside information. They can come after me if they want. But inside baseball, they, it's, the numbers they give you are based on what your viewership is and what the expectations for your video are. So unless you're gigantic, it's probably not worth the money. And then they ask you for multiple re-edits, never pay you any extra for it. They change the scripts on you. They ask you for screenshots. They ask you like the to-do list is a mile long. And they're like, it's a 30 second ad read. Read it as fast as you possibly can. It'll be a minute long. And then there's B-roll and all the other stuff involved. 
So, again, my perspective, but I did two videos for them, and both of them hurt me, like in my core of just being like, I charge more than this for video work. I ch I have charged for freelance video work. It's more than this. Yeah. I I have done enough jobs in the past to know that what I did work wise and and hours on the job didn't pay me out well enough, and I hated that. I did it because I was broke. But you know, could I go find another job that maybe wouldn't make me feel like I'm. Uh, questioning my own integrity for like why I'm doing things anymore. I could have gone and gotten like a part-time job somewhere and done that. What was stopping me from just getting a part-time job so I could keep making videos without yeah. sponsors shoehorned in there? Yeah. Is that pride? Is pride a part of all of this too? Oh, massive. Like, well, that's, I was just about to come on to that. Like that's a massive part of it. And that's kind of where the whole integrity thing comes down to because then it's it's the pride that you have in your own work and the thing that you've produced and what you've sacrificed as it were to to be able to produce that um and you know it, it might be a case if you know you sacrifice three days of your week to work some shitty part-time job stacking shells to be able to pay the bills so that you can produce these videos or it might be that you know you have to do a few re-edits and do a, a ad read for some fucking random game or product or whatever to be able to pay for that video. And I think like, and again, it kind of, I know so many people that have had completely the varied experiences when it comes to sponsorships, like some people that have had sponsors that have been fucking brilliant. And they've literally just said, just use this product in the video. You don't even need to talk about it and got paid bank for doing it. And I know other people where they've been paid pittance and like you say, you know, they've had to jump through so many fucking hoops just to get that thing. And it's, it, as with everything, it all comes down to that gray area and it all comes down to that individual thing. Like, you know, and that, that might be that your fucking, your USP might be that, you know, yes, you're sponsored by Squarespace, Lisa mattresses and other generic ad sponsor, but you do the ad reads in a really fun, interesting way. Like fucking the Jay Foreman videos are a great example. Like I genuinely normally watch their uh, ad reads just because they do them in a really fun, interesting way. Like I'm not, I, I don't give a shit about the product. I'm never going to buy a fucking whatever they're selling, but they do it in a way that's interesting and that's entertaining. So I'm sure to them, like it's, it's a matter of pride to be able to do those in a fun, interesting way, where rather than going, well, everyone's going to switch off once we've done this ad read. So I'm just going to read it in a really boring, monotone way just to get it done, sort of thing. Like it's, yeah, it, it's an in, entirely individual thing, and I think it's good to um, to recognize that and to to know what you're going for before you take it on. Like if if someone approaches you about doing a sponsorship, then you just think about it a bit beforehand or if you want to approach someone else you want to approach a, a company or brand to say like look i really like your stuff and i really want to promote it on my videos can we come to some kind of monetary agreement then go and do that but i don't fucking know man like 
We're just talking about ad reads now. Yeah. This is the fucking ad episode. Yeah. Oh, it, gross. But yeah, like I I think basically he will sell his soul for a decent price. Not even a decent price. Like <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, like I I think um I think we have two different two different outlooks on this, Steve. I think oh, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in terms of like the individuality stuff, um, again, it, it as with every fucking topic we ever do, it's all a grey area. And fucking on topic, just do what's right for you, whether that's you know sponsor videos or unsponsored videos or whatever, or just fucking put it on Vimeo and make people pay for it, or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Just do what's right for you, and try not to worry too much about what everyone else is doing, but also be aware that, you know, everybody does that thing for a reason. Like, there, there's there's a reason that, you know, certain, um, certain things in video, certain styles, certain ways of doing thumbnails work there's a there's a reason that people have uh like editors that literally spend their entire time just creating thumbnails like that shit is important but you've just got to figure out how important it is to you um because you know it you might not give a shit about the views you might not give a shit about how many things you sell how many bottle openers you sell or whatever that you might just want to make the stuff and if that's what you want to do that's what you want to do just be aware of where that's sliding three people on a podcast judging you all the time exactly (laughs) because that's what we do and we we decide whether or not you're spiffing Uh, in which case al have you got an order yes it's bass bass uh which means brett you are first hooray so thanks to the beautiful algorithm and you know the wonderful things that we've been talking about during this episode in terms of finding an individual channel suggested to me by youtube he is a japanese carpenter and boy howdy are his videos just great (laughs) they're like quiet expert level craftsmen doing his thing and it is filmed and then they it's narrated in english um oh my god i don't know i I think it was just because i was looking up different building projects and and different like framing things but i wanted to find somebody different somebody unique at least unique to me so uh the channel's name is shoyan japanese carpenter and it'll be in the show notes but it's just an older gent who's clearly an amazing carpenter, and he's got a bunch of videos up already. Um, but just watching how he does things, I mean, I don't know enough about how carpenters work over there, but watching him build stuff on a framed site where he has to put a new aspect of some house together, where he's hand measuring and chiseling and using all these hand tools to do stuff on site and they're perfect fits, you know, and all the joinery is amazing. The guy makes it look super easy. 
I don't know what I like about it so much, but oh boy. It certainly would. It is pretty easy. It definitely, definitely is. I mean, he doesn't (laughs) have to heat anything up to do it, but you know, he's sharpening. It shows him sharpening his chisels all the time before he starts making these like compound miter joints and shit like that. And then slides a piece of wood in perfectly into an existing space. And he's like, Oh look, I did that on the first shot. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Big deal. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's been really fun to watch though. Just kind of background noise. Yeah. Uh, I let it roll through a few videos on the channel, but man, if you, if you want to learn some stuff by watching and then just seeing how somebody else approaches it for me, it's, it's always really cathartic to watch somebody do it from either a different culture or just a completely different line of thinking where hand tools and not using power tools all the time and doing stuff in space. There's a nice little crossover there. In space. <laughs> in space. Um, yeah, I see. I really like that sort of like the the nice kind of slow, just just doing their thing sort mm. of videos. Dude, like, it's I just they're never, so good. I just so. never get like the. It, it's one of those that I would love to have the like. To, I'd love my brain to just be quiet for a minute so I could sit and enjoy those things. I just, I can't because I get distracted and end up having to do six other things while it's going on. No, and it's, looking, it's thinking, looking back at it and going, fuck, why did I, what happened? I missed all that. What's it's background video, Steve. It's like bakery, Japanese bakery scenes, just watching people fold dough. Yeah. Well, it's all you need. You don't, you well, don't need to pay attention. I was just watching a a, a a dog just sleeping exactly. on a on a bed, uh, which isn't at all distracting when you're trying to do a uh, a podcast. Um, Al, you're next. Oh, talking you next, Biff. Fucking distracting dogs on podcasts, and you try fucking type home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to. It's kind of a respiff, but it's kind of a a, a a side spiff. So I think Steve, you and I have both talked about Hank Green's books. Yes. Um, which are great. Yes. Uh, a, a beautifully foolish endeavor and a truly remarkable thing, among others. Um, very good takes on kind of social commentary and the mm. the influence of technology in our lives. Um, but he also has an Instagram account, which is a lot more short form. It's very kind of Milo Minuteman. Brett, you'd kind of like yes. it. It's a lot of kind of debunking and uh, him, his kind of takes on sort of terrible trends and mm. why people behave the way they do on social media. And it's really just refreshing and interesting and funny and dry. Um, so if you don't follow Hank Green on Instagram, do. It's very wholesome. Uh, yeah. Also quite educational. Yeah. He's also quite big on tiktok if you use I'm, I'm assuming it's all tiktok content that has yeah. been exported to instagram but pretty I'm much not a 14 year old girl oh, yeah. i'll stick to instagram um yeah see people keep sending me reels and i'm like i've already seen this on tiktok what are you, where are you sending it to me um uh yeah no i i fucking i completely unashamedly love tiktok nowadays it's great um Mostly because I just end up sending videos to uh, Chris's wife, um, but yeah, Hank Green is a great shout. Uh, I think we've shouted out the um, SciShow YouTube channel as well, so we've kind of covered him on pretty much all of the social media platforms. Um, so if you don't already follow Hank Green on, a- he does have a great um, uh, pigeon. 
account where he sends you pigeons with just really compelling messages once a month. Okay. <laughs> it's like a subscription model. It's really <laughs> hipster. Steve was like, okay, uh, that... pigeon up. <laughs> <laughs> that took me so long to get. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you don't follow Hank Green, uh, pick your favorite social media application and just type in Hank Green because he's great. Um, yes, which leads us on to me. And who am I going to spiff? I am going to spiff another podcast, actually. Uh, so I know I said I haven't really been listening to podcasts. Um, when I'm stressed or like mental health is a bit, um, I tend to re listen to stuff that I've listened to many, many times. Big one for me is the Discworld novels, um, the ones read by Nigel Planer and Stephen Briggs, I think is the other guy that reads it. Um, but it's mostly the the City Watch series. They are my go-to. It's what I listen to when I go to sleep. And if I need to like have noise going on, but also um, not need to concentrate on it, it's just it's it's really fucking wholesome and it it brings me joy and makes me feel warm and fuzzy. So I listen to them quite a lot. Um the other one being the Boba Vest series. Um oh. I know so good. Um which which I, I know, right? I've literally just finished book three today. Um and I don't really like like I say I don't like I do like Heaven's River, but I don't know. There's there's something about it. I'm like, but I just I want to go back to the, the other things. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. So I I and I'm really excited about the new um, Discworld books that are coming out with um, like a, a cast of actors rather than it just being a single voice on it. Although I'm I don't know P- Peter Sarah Fensvitz. I can never pronounce his surname. Um, is, that, to be honest, that wasn't bad for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a compliment or an insult, um, but like his his death voice, I just, it's just not as good as as the others. Um, but anyway, um, uh, yes. So I'm really excited about the new ones that are coming out. But there is a podcast called "The Truth Shall Make Ye Fret," uh, which is also the title of one of the early Discworld books, I think, or an early Pratchett novel. And basically, it's um, two women. Um, who are friends just discussing the books in order. And they're, they're going through reading every single book in order, in chronological order. Um, and then kind of almost doing like a book club for it. And so each book is broken down into three episodes. Um, so beginning, middle and end. And they do a, uh, like a recap of, of what's happened or what's going to happen, whatever, and, and go through it. And, it's just it's really nice listening to obviously i've only listened to the ones on the books i've already read um but it's it's really nice listening the thing that i really like about it is it's a podcast that is even more like disorganized and rambling than us like the first like 20 minutes of an episode the other day was just them talking about like their fucking skincare routine for their faces but like in a really funny kind of random like it's just two friends chatting but it was really fun and enjoyable and um yeah it's it's not a particularly uh high production value podcast or anything like that like they quite often stop because one of their dogs like 
has just woken up and it it's looking all cute and they're like oh look at the face blah, 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 blah. or like there was one the other day where there was a genuine like 15 second of silence because the postman had turned up and you could just hear them in the background or hear one of them in the background talking to the postman um but yeah it's just it's if you enjoy the discworld novels then it's a good listen if you haven't read any of the discworld novels or haven't listened to the audio versions of them i would highly recommend doing that and then checking out the podcast because you can do it like you can listen to it and go along with the episode so as you get to that point like right i can listen to episode one of that book or whatever um because yeah it's just it's an enjoyable enjoyable little book clubby thing and it's nice to be able to share like the excitement and passion about stuff so do that um yeah, that's it. The Truth from Make You Fret podcast. Uh, is there any other business? Would just like to shout out Wesley's sign that he made for Jimmy, just because it's yes. class. Yes. And I miss Wes, and we should get him back on. Yeah. Um, speaking of chatting out people that make class stuff that uh, we... I don't think we've actually ever had him on. Um, but Tyler Bell's latest video has just come out. And I've not even watched it yet. I've just seen the like the clip that he that's put that's on. someone who can make a it's thumbnail right there. Fucking like how he doesn't have all of the subscribers, I will never understand. Um he's yeah. doing what he wants. Yes, yes, he is. Um but yeah, Tyler Bell's latest video is out and it's it looks glorious. Um so go give that a watch. Uh anything else from either of you? No? Cool. Well, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metaworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. What's the rhyme with Hack Shack? <laughs> uh, and if you want to find us as a group, then we are Fools with Tools. Obviously, you're listening to us, you know that. Um, but it's either Fools with Tools or FWT Podcast. If you want to drop us an email, then it's hello at fwtpodcast.com. And I'm just going to keep talking for a second whilst I scroll back and find the email that, of course, it was Alan that sent it. Um, so, yes, we, we will read out every email that we receive if I remember to read it out when we're recording uh, and not leave it right until the very end. Um, and we did say that we're only doing one joke per email now. Uh, so, Alan very kindly complied and rather than sending a list of 50 jokes in it's just sent the one we just call it the the alan segment yeah it does feel like an alan segment um and i'm going to move this onto the other screen so i can actually read it and stay near the mic uh so uh right so uh tell you tell him steve i know right a genie granted me one wish so i said i just want to be happy now I'm living in a cottage with six dwarfs working in a mine. Yes. Thank thank you, Alan. That was de- that was a Christmas cracker joke. Um, so yeah, if you uh, want to save us from having to read out any more of Alan's terrible jokes, um, feel free to send us an email to hello at fwtpodcast.com. Um, but that's it. So until next week, we love you all. Go out and do your own thing, whatever that is, and just, just, just do whatever. It's fine. You, you, you do you, boo. We love you. Bye. 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 Things from the Amazon affiliate link below. <laughs>